Uh, I don't. Unfortunately, <laughs> I am an emaciated deficient vegan. I always will be. I've got a fucking clue what I'm talking about. And I'm not particularly funny. And I have very small legs. Guten Morgen, yeah. Good morning, morning, morning. Good morning, Morgan. How are you? Doing very well, sir. How are you? All good, thank you. How is life in Wales, in the south of the border? Well, it was meant to be sunny, so the washing's out. It's not sunny; it's raining. So, I've prioritised the podcast, sir, over my filthy clothes. <laughs> I'm currently sitting here without shorts on because I have none, as you've seen. <laughs> but hey, the things you do, right? Well, I'm, happy, I'm happier than you, man. I'm happier than you because I don't like the sun and I like the rain. Um, I mean, I don't do? like the rain all the time. I like a bit of sun, but this heat has been ridiculous, man. So um, oh, I am I sorry about your wet pants, but... Not wet with urine, just for clarity. Wet with <laughs> rain outside. <laughs> Not one to piss my pants. I know I'm vegan, right? And a lot of people might suspect I'm incontinent because of it, because of the deficiencies that I have coursing through my veins. I have control over my <laughs> excretory organs, people, okay? <laughs> it's got to be the D3. Got to be. It is. Yeah. Yeah. What else am I deficient in? The B12. Ha, 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 ha. And the protein. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Does the coffee help? I don't know. Is the vitamins in this? Let's hope there is, because I'm feeling the same. Oh, Wheat, well, is... nourished. Mm. This is a... Um... This is a mocha. This is like fat loss hack 101. So just a little, little scoop of instant coffee and like a big old scoop of cocoa powder, green and blacks. Oh, he's showing off. He's showing off mm, now. Oh, All I've got yeah. is the instant Nescafe, man, with a bit of hot yeah. water. Yo, listeners, if you want some sort of fabulous dietary hack, of which there are actually not many, it's just a appetite suppressant. Black coffee, bit of mocha in there. This will suppress your appetite for at least 10 minutes. Guarantee it. Oh, yeah, I forgot, mate. You're on, a, you're on an extreme cut, aren't you, for a show? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm currently 13 days out, and it's very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Um, at the point where you really do catch a second wind with it as time starts to tick down. So it's been my first body... Well, it'll be my second bodybuilding show. I've always been very interested in the sport of bodybuilding ever since mm. I was a, a youngster in school. And I tell the story quite often. I was bullied quite bad in school. I didn't hit puberty until I think like my early twenties. So my head to torso ratio, according to the bullies was slightly off. So I had a big head. I was in an all boys school. I was small. You're going to get it, sir. Every day for seven years. And so, Within that time frame, toward the end, I thought, I need to start doing something about this because I'm not happy with being bullied. I'm not happy with being the small kid. And everyone's dream in that situation is, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was small. That would have been huge. Right, I'll go to the gym and that'll happen in two weeks. doesn't quite work like that, as we know. <laughs> but it didn't stop me from developing a very keen interest in it. Yeah. And despite my genetic predispositions to not being able to build muscle all that quickly or in, men, in, or in much quantity at all, I, I just find it fascinating. So you, very, just, very you decided to do it the hard way as well? You decided to turn vegan? Um, or did that come later? How did it start, man? So what motivated <laughs> you? I, I mean, coming, growing up in Wales, mm-hmm. there's a lot of sheep, there's a lot of fields, there's a lot of meat. It is, it's it's got to be a big ratio, man. Um when did it start for you? Uh, about six years ago. This year will mm-hmm. be six years ago. It's when I, I think it was, it was the first year that I joined the fire service. I went vegan. And so I had about four years of lifting under my belt then. Mm. Four years four years of training, let's call it. You know, we all go to the gym and lift for a bit, thinking we know what we're doing when we haven't actually got a fucking scooby-doo what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Well... You've looked the same size for the past three years, my friend, and you're still in your newbie games phase. You don't appear to know what you're doing. <laughs> and mm. the adoption of a plant-based diet and the vegan, <clears throat> I guess, lifestyle 
came with hiring my first coach at the same time. So it was a streamlining of all of my efforts kind of in one go. And that's really, really where the muscle growth started to take off was about six years ago when I, when I went vegan, you know, mm-hmm. but for those listening, there's, could you call it a rhetoric around of vegans that promote this perception that as soon as you go plant-based, all of your health ailments and your cognitive capacity will increase, you know, by an uncountable and fathomable number. And it's like, well, at least, unless you're eating like a complete cave troll whilst, you know, whilst you're eating meat and you have no idea as to how to structure an appropriate diet at all, then maybe when you start introducing more plants, you're going to feel a little bit better because of the heightened micronutrient density. But for most people who are interested in fitness to begin with, like for me, the transition was just like, I feel the same. Yeah. Where's like, this yeah. kind of, where's this super saiyan aura and power that I should be getting? Oh, actually, I, I feel just the same because I'm not a complete moron and don't just eat Oreos every day. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. But people said to me, do, do you feel better? Do you feel good? No, I feel exactly the same. I do. I can't lie. Yeah. I can't lie. Yeah. I've, um, I was, I felt good before and I feel good now. Um, but we feel but... better ethically, right? That's the oh, most yeah. important. Yeah, the clear the clear head. And um, mm-hmm. when you when you were talking about that, then I thought you were on about people saying that uh, the opposite, saying that you know you're going to get deficiencies, which is why I said brain fog. Um, but yeah, and you can. I think th- there's, there's there's two sides of the bullshit, isn't there? There's the you're going to feel amazing, and then there's mm. the you're going to die of B12 and D3 deficiency. You know what? Um, I am still surprised to this day when speaking with new vegans how many just aren't aware of the potential issues with deficiencies if you don't supplement correctly and don't take care of your diet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people really, really drop the ball with this shit is I think kind of going plant-based is almost like a gateway into really extreme diets, right? So I've gone plant-based. Now what's the next thing I can do to really, really, really disconnect myself from a normal way of eating, right? Okay, raw vegan. <laughs> So I'm just eating raw foods, okay? No idea how to supplement because all I've read is plants are good for you, so I'll eat plants. Raw vegan, that means very low calories. Okay, great. Look at all these people promoting it online, okay? And then all of a sudden, why do I feel horrendous all the time? Well, you're not supplementing correctly and you're just eating fiber, dude. (laughs) You've got no carbs coming in next to no fats, no protein. No wonder you feel fucking awful, dude, right? So any new vegans out there listening... Don't think just because you adopt a plant-based diet, you're going to be inherently healthier. There are, as there is with all dietary practices, things that you need to be aware of in order to optimize your health. B12, like you've referenced, being one of the most important. I know there's a, there is a very kind of unique strain of, I think, help in Japan that has B12 in it in, in abundance, uh, but it's like one of the only plants on the planet that's got enough in it. Um, so when anti-vegans come at us with that argument, you can't get B12, yes, you can. You actually can naturally. It might be a very, very part of the planet, okay? <laughs> but <laughs> it's there in nature, okay? But if you're not in a position to travel to Japan to source this rare kelp, just supplement, dude. Get a yeah. nice, you know, good quality. It's like Solgar is is one of the supplement brands that I use because they're very, very well formulated. Um, mm. Solgar, I think uh, like V5000 is their plant-based or vegan multivitamin. And one of those every day. Bish, bash, bosh. Nothing mm. to worry about. Yeah, there's two, from... there's two people at the minute I know who are B12 deficient. Neither, oh, really? neither of them are vegans or vegetarians. Um, well, there goes that argument, hey? Yeah. And it's still not enough proof. It's still not enough mm. to debunk that argument. Uh, no. Morgan, there was obviously something that motivated you to make the change. Was it ethical reasons? Was it environmental reasons? Was it mm. you wanted more B12? <laughs> it was, uh, yes, I was so hideously B12 efficient. I could just <laughs> feel it coursing through my veins. Um, I So interesting story. I picked up a book called The China Study. I'm not sure if you've read it. I think it's it's heavily criticised, um, and I think the as to how accurate it is as a research model or paper, I'm not sure. You know, I've not looked into it too much myself beyond just reading the book, but it is highly praised. But then, in the same breath, it's highly criticised. Nonetheless, it promoted the idea that making these blue zones across the planet, there are populations who prioritise plant-based 
over you know anything else and their longevity is significantly better than those that don't and it was kind of hypothesized then that I believe, I think, you know, don't quote me on this, but it's hypothesized that, you know, all, all of this longevity increasing and whatnot comes down to the fact that there's very little saturated fat, um, very little risk of developing atherosclerosis and developing heart disease. Um, and so that kind of just, just opened my eyes a little bit. You know, and I thought, okay, I, I can't remember what inspired me to pick up the book, but I did. Anyway, I think there was a subtle scratching in my subconscious asking me to align my actions with my beliefs and so I thought well I'll, I'll, I'll go about this you know step by step bought the book cool that was in the back of my mind and then I started to get quite into the vegan activist space on YouTube because of how largely confrontational it is and how what what what, what drew me to really really becoming encapsulated by that content was how fearless these vegans were and how well armed they were in 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 defending the plant-based vegan arguments and every omnivore or meat eater they'd challenge on the streets they would just thwart them within a couple of minutes right and i was thinking god these guys are good and then i'm thinking about it like i'm, I'm like there's there's no argument here there is no argument if you care yeah. about the planet to any degree if you care about other people to any degree if you have any form of respect for this planet and those around you then you inherently extend that to the rest of the um population of animals that live on this planet too and you can't you can't run away from that hmm. and so there was a vegan gains video i was watching at the time right you know vegan gains yes yeah the yeah, canadian very very controversial god one of the most controversial vegans i'd say on youtube He's yeah. really, really pushed the boundaries and he's stepped over a few quite, quite, quite a number of times. And in the one, one of the moments where he overstepped the boundary was when he called out Furious Pete. Did, have you ever seen Furious Pete on YouTube? I haven't, no. Is he anti-vegan? No. no, he's like an OG, kind of very nice guy, like massive bodybuilder. Okay. Um, very, very lovely, lovely man. And he did food challenges. Mm. Um, I think he was a competitive eater, so he could put some food away. Mm. And he wasn't vegan, but you know, still, you can you can you can separate one's ethical practices from who they are as a human being, unless you're vegan gains, right? So vegan gains comes along um, after Furious Pete had released a video um, explaining how he developed testicular cancer and he was going to have surgery to remove it. And vegan gains is there saying, "Do you know why you've got testicular cancer? Because you eat animals." And he just went in like a damn rabid fucking honey badger on Furious Pete. And I'm thinking, whoa, dude, whoa. But it was in that same video, right, whilst I'm sitting there post-workout eating a steak. <laughs> this is true. Mm. That I'm thinking, God, you know, I am I think I'm done with this. I think I'm done with it. And so I got to the end of the steak whilst I was pondering. And I thought, nah, I can't do it anymore. I can't possibly imagine putting another steak on the fryer, mm. on the grill, okay, and, and, and throwing that down my gullet when I don't need to. It's just protein, dude. It's just it's just a source of food, right? I can get this from plants, man. I don't have to kill things, for God's sake. <laughs> Why yeah. would I want to? Yeah. And so I worked my way through my the rest of my whey powder. I had a couple of packets left. And I guess whilst I was working my way through it over those couple of weeks, I was just like, I was beginning to educate myself, plant-based protein sources, kind of the best plant-based protein powders, um, things to look out for in terms of, micronutrient deficiencies potentially like b12 like we know once the protein powder ran out got some vegan stuff in and the rest is history sir and mm -hmm. this was the inception of vegan muscle coach love it mate love it so were you a coach before this or did you kind of build it with did you kind of get the idea that okay i can learn people how mm. to build muscle you know without without the meat yeah or... i I've only ever coached as a vegan. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think that the first kind of six months, I was just Morgan Leyland Smith. It was just my name, right? I was just a very generic kind of yeah. coach trying to build a name for himself, of which I was still trying to do. Um, mm -hmm. But I've always been vegan whilst in the coaching scene. And yeah, the vegan muscle coach name came along. I was working with my, my, my current videographer, Harry Facey, who's a marvelous videographer and even better friend. Yeah, he absolutely. Is, man, your, your videos are top notch. Oh, cheers, dude. Harry, if you're listening, see, people love it. People love this shit. 
um, right he on. yeah he he kind of came along and said look we 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 can, we can overhaul this you know you've got some unique attributes I think you're like Morgan Leyland Smith it's like who the fuck knows what you're doing right <laughs> nobody mm. let's make it a little more specific and then we landed on vegan muscle coach and we were like damn dude that's really cool um, yeah. that was about that was about three years ago actually um, this month yeah yeah I was back to my memories. Um, when I first started working with Tom Frampton, shout out Tom Frampton, my first ever bodybuilding client. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, vegan muscle coach, about three years in the making. And I just really, I wanted to coach people and the vegan mm-hmm. thing seemed to make sense, right? It's like, why would you exclude that yeah. as a part of your service when, as you know, in a very, very kind of saturated social media space, you need something to stand out straight away. Well, yeah, so, and I mean, I think with with it growing in popularity as well, there's a lot of men, especially who I speak to, and they say, "I want to go vegan," or not specifically in the, in them words, but they'll say, "You know, I don't know what to eat, um, I don't know what to buy, um, I'm, I'm worried about this." And you've got the other end of the scale where people are like, "Ah, oh, can't eat that shit," or you know what I mean. But these these other people who have actually got a brain, they don't know how to do it, and you know, I've helped people myself, and I'm just starting getting into helping people more. There is that gap where people do want to learn about what to buy what to eat how to cook because mm. it's just so it's so drilled into us since a young age isn't it to just constantly have chicken constantly have steak fish um mm. and it is it is a gap there where people need they need to you know they need to be taught what to buy and as soon as, soon as your cupboards, cupboards are empty you know there's a problem mm. um and the trick is to 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 get to get this kitchen filled up with things that is going to give me ammo to to see it through you know what i mean and i think that's the that's the problem mate so it's, it's a bit different with me because the last only the last two years out of my last 15 of training if i took it seriously so mm-hmm. i've ha- obviously had a lot of a lot of benefits um, and i can see a big difference in in my uh, physique and whatnot but someone like yourself who, would, who was doing it before uh, the vegan switch what would you say i mean is there any differences that you can see if you would you say it's on a completely same level have you struggled more or has it been easier or how, how has it been in terms of your physique and your strength i'm the most jacked i've ever been yeah i'm the most educated i've ever been i'm the most confident in my ability than i've ever been that's the overriding factor here you know regardless of what dietary practice you employ when it comes to building muscle or losing fat it's a case of just hit, just just nailing the non-negotiables, right? Nailing the basics, getting your protein in, getting your calories in, training hard, making sure you're training harder than last time, as Greg Doucet would say. They're the basics, right? And there's no changing that. I think, again, we can draw this back to the almost plant-based super saiyan fallacy from earlier, where you're just going to turn into this like super mutant the second you adopt a plant-based diet. It's like, no, no. Again, potentially... If you're largely carnivore and you have athlete, you know, you have fucking LDL, low density lipolipids just saturating your fucking arteries, and then you remove that cholesterol, then yeah, you you know maybe some improved blood flow to the muscle, maybe some better pumps, maybe some better recovery. Maybe in that context, if you are a complete cave person before you adopt a plant based diet, you might see some benefits to your training performance, which I think is actually is, is reported quite frequently um, with people who are largely meat oriented right um but for me personally god has there been any difference no only on my wallet really you know because the plant-based mock meats they can get quite expensive they can get quite expensive but you gotta Mm. do what you gotta do man you gotta do what you gotta do so it's not really it's not affected my progress you gotta feed Um, the demand yeah it's not affected my progress directly it's obviously it's facilitated it because it's it's diet it's important, but the biggest things that have helped me make the progress I have done over the past six years is just investing in my knowledge by working with coaches. That's really it, you know. It's yeah. just improving your your knowledge base to the point in which you no longer go into the gym thinking, "Am I getting stronger? Am I building muscle? Am I losing fat?" It's like, no, I know exactly what I need to do now. Yeah. You can get to that place, people. You know, if, if you're listening to this right now in the audience and you want to get to this position where you, you you're the most competent you've ever been i'm not saying i am completely 100 percent competent and clued up with everything i think anyone who ever admit anyone who ever promotes that 
in it as an idea that represents themselves is, is just lying, right? You'll never know everything about everything because there's new research coming out at the minute with regards to training. Like the well, whole, um, the, the something that's quite novel and interesting at the minute is the idea of introducing lengthened partials in your training, which I think is really that's like such a such a novel thing to think about, right? And now there's people mm-hmm. that are including it as a part of their programming. I had no idea about that six months ago. Yeah. Right? So it's a case of, for those listening, Okay, if you find yourself where I'm sure both of us were once upon a time, it's like, what the fuck am I actually doing in the gym? It's just like, you've got to dedicate time to this shit. You've got to dedicate time to learn, right? And if you're anything like me, who isn't particularly prone to building muscle whatsoever, you've really got to learn. Okay, yeah. I am not a Ronnie Coleman. I am not a Jay Cutler, right? I'm not a Kai Green. I don't go into the gym, sniff a dumbbell and blow up. Okay, in fact, if anything, <laughs> every time I lift weights, I get smaller. That's mm. how it feels sometimes. Yeah, yeah, education is 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 the absolute absolute yeah. biggest factor behind. I remember, it. I remember um, being about eighteen or nineteen, and I did get in good shape. That was due to some tablet based supplements that I took, um, like an idiot, when I was nineteen. But I remember just having a belly on holiday, and you know, you look at other lads, and you think, you know, I, I had the size and that, but do you think? What, why have I got a belly? Um, I've been eating asparagus and chicken breast and brown rice, and, mm. and I never quite understood the the science behind just simple energy balance. And it took me 27 years, really, to kind of stop and think, well, something's not right, because every time I go away, I'm big, but I've got a belly. And it's mm. only been the last two years where I've really, you know, listened to the ex- experts, really. Um, and funnily yeah. enough, one of your posts, I think it was yesterday, you said that um, if you if you think you know it all about training and nutrition, you're definitely wrong. Um, <laughs> yes. So that links in with that. Uh, what are some things that you've been surprised to learn as of late Ooh. regarding? As of late. Yeah, oh, or that's... just just whenever really. What 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 are some things that have surprised you? Okay. Great question, dude. Great question. I was once a advocate of higher volume training in the context of more sets and more reps and perhaps a little less intensity intensity that's compounded over those less intense sets because we know training volume it's not just a case of sets and reps right it's it's sets reps exercise selection intensity tempo all these different things come into play so i started to move away from that in the past year or so started experimenting with some lower volume in terms of sets and reps in place of just bringing the intensity straight away, right? So instead of leaving like four or three reps in the tank straight away, I'm like, I'm pushing to one rep in reserve and then maybe for the next set to failure. And I found that to be just as effective, if not more, if not more effective, I'm going to say. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm beginning to shift my perspective, my, 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 my approach from kind of, accumulative volume approach with lower intensities for a higher intensity approach. So there's this kind of, there's less of the accumulation with the lower intensity work, but that you make up for that with the higher intensity stuff sooner on, mm-hmm. right? That's something I've adopted recently and started introducing to some of my clients programming too. And they're really enjoying it as well. Really enjoying it. Um, so higher intensities is something I'm favoring, uh, mm-hmm. lower frequency as well, kind of, once upon a time, Jesus Christ, um, I was squatting twice a week because volume, bro, volume, squats are great, volume, squats are great, volume, okay, yeah, tell that to my knees because I can't walk anymore, right, mm. take about six months off from yeah. training because I literally, I couldn't sit down without my knees creaking and cracking and giving mm. me all sorts of pain. I must have been doing about fucking, like 12 to 15 sets of squats a week over those two sessions and now I do, what, two sets of hack squats, maybe mm. two sets of leg extensions. And like, I'm toast. I am toast, dude. Mm. <laughs> and it just goes to show that I think, and what I've seen from working with clients and speaking with people is most people just lack the ability to train hard because it's yeah. a very, very difficult skill to develop. Really, it's like you, you're convinced, you're trying to convince your body to push to a point in which it suspects something disastrous is going to happen, right? You mean you're asking me to push 
to a point in which I can't contract my muscle anymore. I don't want to do that. That means something is dangerously wrong. And you're consciously trying to convince me of that. Your subconscious mind is like, no, 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 no. Stop. Stop. Stop it now. And Stop people it, yeah. aren't used to pushing into that discomfort, which is only natural because it is uncomfortable. It's yeah. hideously uncomfortable to push to that point. But yeah. that's where I think most people could probably benefit from this higher intensity approach is to only allocate themselves a limited amount of time to get the work done, right? Mm. I'm giving you, I know this, this is something I've been pushing clients towards who perhaps lack the ability to bring that intensity as frequently as we need is, okay, we're bringing the volume down, all right? I'm giving you two sets. Go on, right? You've got to bring it now. You've got to bring mm. it. You can't get away with it by adding more sets, not anymore. No, you've got mm. two sets to make this work. And you'll be amazed kind of when you put people into that corner, right? Mm. And they don't want to disappoint the coach because they know I'll be watching in their weekly check-ins and my form feedback reviews, okay? They suddenly, that switch is flipped. It's something to do with the pressure, something to do with the lack of time, something to do with the urgency, right? I think, yeah, yeah the biggest thing I've learned over the past couple of years is like in training intensity is such an important factor. In yeah. fact, maybe like it's it's up there in the kind of echelon of factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I um I did a lot of, you know, your typical push pull legs, rest, push pull legs, um, chest day, tri day, leg day. And I found myself having big gaps in between each set and you know, you flick on your phone, um mm. and whatever else, and you think you just know you know, when I when I left the gym, I think I know I could have done more. Uh, it's mm. only been since I've been doing full body workout three times a week. Um, nice and although the intensity might not be there repetitively for each group, it's making me go from one to the other, to the other, to the other. I'm done in like 35, 40 minutes. Yeah, um, man. See, and I, I, can, I can easily it. sit, do a chest day and I could be in there for an hour and a half and I'm still not tired. Mm. Um, so yeah, what, I got... what's, your, what's your opinion on that? The full body workout three days a week or four? If you can equate training volume and intensity yeah you know go ahead um there's always things to consider like can, can will 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 a higher frequency allow you to train a little bit harder and with more volume if that's the case then yeah i think introducing perhaps some um more specific body part splits might be beneficial. You know, you don't, you don't have to get all of the work done in one session. And in fact, if you split it over two and those sets are more productive, it probably makes sense then for you to incorporate a higher frequency. Mm. Um, but with full body training, you know, I mean, just look at some, some of the classic bodybuilders back in the day. Um, train like twice a week, <laughs> twice a week. And they're, up, they're on the Olympia stage. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of one of them at the minute. I think he was rivaling Arnie at one point. Um, mm. and I guess you trained with him. So Mike Mensah, perhaps? There was one of them um, I read about, yeah, doing and he he said he did three sessions maximum. Um mm. and sometimes two, yeah. Yeah, and he had a very good point about the idea of doing more, right? Should I do more? Is more gonna be more beneficial? There's only so much more you can do before you just reach, you know, how how is it described by Renaissance periodization? Junk volume. Right mm -hmm. now, you're just you're just moving around for the sake of it because you've hit that threshold, right? With which now you're now stimulating an adaptation, and within within that threshold, there's scope for maybe pushing a little bit more, pushing a little bit less, promoting a little bit more, promoting a little bit less. But that threshold is is very small, right? We're probably talking like one set, and kind of what was promoted is is this idea that if you're always infatuated with doing more and more and more, you've got to considering the context of what what is that more and more and more actually offering you if it's just more and more energy exertion and more and more taxing of your joints and your ligaments without actually promoting anything above what it is you would be promoting if you dropped a couple of sets it's like well now we're talking about eating into your longevity right if you're doing more and more and more because the internet says so right but you're actually fucking your knees up like i did well i was out of the game for six months that more and more and more was actually very detrimental to my performance and I would have done much better just doing one set or sorry, one session of squats per week. Right. So there's definitely this, this kind of threshold and this limit. As for where that lies, I think it's 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 largely a case of experimentation, which is mm. something I really enjoy when working with clients is right. What I'll typically do is I'll just thrust them into the deep end 
right? Mm. Or as close to the deep end as I can sometimes and just see how they get on, right? Are you recovering? Are you making progress? Are you stalling? Okay, let's maybe dial things back a little bit. Or if you're an absolute savage and you're getting away with it, let's push things up, okay? Because mm. it's very, very individual. There's no one yeah. size fits all to this. There is a size that's going to fit most people, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But then, again, look at me. Look at Kai Green. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's genetic differences which are obviously apparent physically understandably so then there are going to be genetic genetic differences that are different between us internally too as to how our body reacts to certain training stimulus so mm -hmm. yes I guess I've lost my training thought it's also uh, to, to do with what you know people's neat isn't it in, in their jobs they do you're going to train someone who sits at an office desk for 40 hours a week differently to someone who lays bricks for 40 hours aren't you so people will read something online and be like oh, i need to do this and it's not necessarily the case for for them is it yeah age is a factor as well sometimes sex yeah. can be a factor like you said your, your expenditure is a factor too um lots of things to consider lots of things to consider which is again yeah. why you should Educate your ass, people. You don't know everything. Promise you. Promise <laughs> you, you don't. Morgan, we we I can feel the P word coming on. The oh, P, P word. word. The P word. You know what the P word is. I can feel it. We spoke about uh, deficiencies. Looking at the size of your left bicep there, I can't see your right one. Um, the P is obviously not a problem. Uh, there's the right one as well. I can even see the tricep. That's how I know it's uh, it's impressive. How Thanks, dude. do you get enough protein in your diet without the consumption of animal flesh? Uh, I don't. Unfortunately, <laughs> I am an emaciated deficient vegan. I always will be. I haven't got a fucking clue what I'm talking about. And I'm not particularly funny. And I have very small legs. So I have no idea. I have no idea where I get my protein from. Only joking. I'm a sarcastic bastard. <laughs> so protein... To tie this back into a strategy I promote for most people who are looking to transition who are into fitness and want to make sure that they're still prioritizing their performances, just get a high quality protein powder in whilst you're transitioning. Okay, so you haven't got to think about too much. You haven't got to spend too much money as well because most people I think are going to gravitate toward them. the plant-based meat alternatives, which I think puts a lot of people off because of how expensive it can be, right? If you can pay like a, you know, 50 grams of chicken you know, into 50 grams of protein in chicken versus 50 grams of protein in like corn ham slices. Dude, mm -hmm. you're talking at double the price sometimes, mm -hmm. unless it's on, you know, club card offer. Um, so in that transitional phase, to make things a little less daunting, get a protein powder in, right? And what you can do then is just literally take the meat off your plate, put something else there that's a plant. Maybe it's chickpeas, maybe it's some beans, right? Keep it simple. Take that meat off your plate, replace it with something as you're experimenting, and then all you can do at the end or before is just have that shake, okay? Or as I do, you can make it into a pudding. You know, you don't use as much water, and you just mix it up into a gloop, right? And throw some fruit and some nuts. You can get really creative with it. Throw some oats in there, dude. Whack it in the microwave, okay? There's like a nice little dessert. That's going to see you through the kind of first few weeks of transitioning quite comfortably because you haven't got to worry about where I've got my protein from. You've got it there got it there okay if we're talking about whole foods god probably the worst person to ask i'm just a protein powder junkie i like the convenience of it i really do mm. you know i don't want to be slaving over a hot stove particularly not at the minute when energy is very limited right yeah. <laughs> i don't want to be slaving over a hot stove kind of making my own tempeh and kind of seitan even though it's very easy to do and very cheap actually can't be asked can't be asked Protein powder for me at the minute it's salads and protein powder puddings, yeah. um, and maybe some that, mock meat. Then I told a girl client to get some protein the other day. I said, "What? What are you on?" She was like, oh, "60 gram." I said, "You need to get it up, man. Let's get you to 100 at least, or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. 900." Um, yeah, but I don't want to put on too much size. And I said, "Look, <laughs> I, I use protein powder to cut. I don't even mm. have it that much when I'm bulking. You know what I mean?" So. Um, like I said, it's just it's just so easy just to whack it in. You got thirty gram, mm. twenty five gram, whatever. Mm. Local. It's it's, mm. it's a no brainer, really. I understand that as people get more and more savvy with cooking or you know whacking up vegan meals that they're not used to, that sometimes you, you there's no need for one. You know what I mean? If you're getting enough calories and you're getting your protein in, but um, but yeah, I use it as a cutting um 
tool, you know, rather than yes. rather than to to get you know to get the 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 the, the mass in. So it's um, well, it's very convenient to cut because as, yeah. as I'm sure you know, trying to get enough protein <clears throat> in whilst maintaining the calorie balance that you need to achieve your physique oriented goals can be quite difficult if you go in whole food plant based to get your protein up into the, like the 100s plus you know yeah. um so for me it'd be you know i'm around 150 260 grams of protein a day at the minute yeah and i'm on about 1300 to 1400 calories so trying to get wow. that from like beans and legumes is like dude how much macro chest do you want me to play how intricate does this need to be? I don't have the time for this right now, nor the mental capacity. No, like you said, protein powder, great tool. Great tool for keeping calories down, keeping protein up, and yeah. um, staying adherent with your diets. Now, don't worry about getting too big, people. Jesus Christ. God, the people who say, I don't want to get too big, are the people You're that don't worry don't need to worry about getting too big right? the, fact, the fact that you've said i'm worried about getting big proves that you will not get big <laughs> yes absolutely yeah. <laughs> introducing more protein to your diet is going to get you too big can we just sit down and have a chat for a minute my friend yes. let me explain to you how that's nonsensical please yeah. <laughs> it's just a couple of extra hundred calories dude jesus <laughs> yeah i mean even the people that want to get big struggle for three or four yeah, years so, so do no. not do not worry about it man uh, no, mate, in, in, while we're on the topic of calories and intake, you've said that you're on 1,400 at the minute with 160 gram of protein, mm. which is mad because I'm on the same as that on 2,600. So you're oh. you're over a thousand less. What about mm. on a bulk? Uh, what would you what whatever your maintenance is? How high would you go above that? And how much protein would you want to get in for a for a mini bulk or a, a slow bulk? Yeah, the um. The firstly, the idea, the idea of a mini bulk, I don't like. I think mm. if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna bulk, if you're gonna gain, right, you know, go hard. Don't you, you gotta go hard, dude? You gotta be, you gotta accept that you're gonna gain weight, right? If you're gonna give yourself like a, a six month time frame or like a six week time frame to gain or a couple of months, it's like you just you're just selling yourself short. And it, and if you if you're gonna use that time frame as one in which you're really going to push your body weight because you think you know I need to gain weight in order to build muscle, yes, but there's a limit dude and if you want to if you're going to try and get the most out of those three months if from the perspective of i'm going to gain weight you're just going to get fat you're mm. just going to get fat right when it comes to building the muscle you want we need to be we need to factor in what it is we're trying to do here right so we're, like, we're bodybuilding like i know people kind of shy away from that from identifying with that because of i don't know what mm. it represents for most people just like tanned jacked dudes clearly on gear on stage in nothing but their underwear right but we are building our bodies okay that process takes so much time so much time if you want to build your body you need to be in an environment more often than you're not in the grand scheme of your lifting career in which you're promoting growth calorie surplus for longer than three months please people okay before you start another four month cut right mm -hmm. i'd say at least give, give, give like 18 24 36 months of i'm going to gain weight strategically okay not nonsensically i'm going to have phases of maybe pulling back a little bit to kind of make way for another push into kind of some higher body weights you've got to give yourself years and years and years and that's really where i saw the most of my growth was when i said hey i'm going to get what i did i'm going to turn into a fat bastard <laughs> i did over mm -hmm. the course of about 24 months when i was the strongest I ever was um i was eating the most food I ever was the biggest I've ever looked. I got up to a little last, 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 yeah, but before I started this cut, I was 87, 88 kilos, eating about 3,500 to 600 calories a day. Maybe my protein was getting up into the 200s then, um, just because of the additional protein that comes in foods like, uh, you know, rice and oats and stuff, mm. um, of which I miss a fair bit right now, come to think of it. But yeah, about 3,500 <laughs> to, to 3,700. About two hundred grams of protein. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's mad. I've, oh, I've been up to three two max. Oh, well, I have. I have mm. been up to four thousand. Obviously, on a on a naughty weekend, but mm. um, but it's, it's hard to do, man. I've found people struggle with cuts a lot more than they struggle with bulks. But um, myself, I can't get the food in. I wish I could. I mean, if I'm going to have a few beers on a weekend and a, mm. you know, a Papa John's pizza, then obviously I'm going to get some calories mm. in. But um, but good quality, good quality calories to to get you in a surplus is is quite hard to do. Um, nah, yeah. just watch me, dude. 
Uh, is it just <laughs> me? <Okay. laughs> now you th- you think like that now. You're obviously starving, aren't you? You're. Mm. Um... Oh, I love foods. Even when I'm in a service, yeah. dude, like fucking love food. You will. I, I think. I, I think I've got an issue. I think I don't have an off switch. Honest to God, <laughs> you can plow me full of as much food as you possibly can, and I will. I will feel it. I'll feel it filling me up, but my brain will never, ever, ever tell me stop. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've got some sort of kind of genetic predisposition to being a fat. <laughs> um, but I used, to, I used to be the same though, man. I, I think I did a lot of fasting for about two mm. years. I just constantly fasting, one meal a day or sixteen, eight, and and all that. And it kind of got rid of my addiction for for food. Mm. I, I think that's what it is. I mean, I could be wrong, but you know, it could be just because I'm busier now or I'm more stressed now. Or, but, mm. Very interesting you say that because I'm employing um, a very aggressive form of intermittent fasting at the minute, whereby mm. I guess I'll have, I'll have pre-workout pre-workout carbs and t- typically around what what time are we now? Typically around eleven or so before I train, and then I will supplement with essential amino acids throughout the day just to offset any potential muscle wastage so i'll sip on those like from 11 until about six or seven o'clock in the evening and then i'll get another meal in it's something i've introduced quite recently Mm. and it's could be considered dangerous when you're this lean right but i've been taking care of all the variables and it's it's working and it's only gonna you know it's only gonna take me it's only gonna be two weeks now that i'm employing it but on the you know the reason I brought that up is you're absolutely right. Like during the day now, b- before I eat, I feel great. <laughs> I yeah. obviously the hunger's there, but energy is stable. Um, my mood is stable, and the second I start eating is the second this comes on. Oh yeah. yes, food's a thing, and you're very very limited in the consumption of it right now. Yeah. Let's keep going, right? The evening meal, and, and perhaps this is a strategy which could be mitigated if I were to eat a little more sensibly in the context of maximizing muscular retention, having more servings of protein throughout the day. But I enjoy bigger quantities of food, and I'm just part of my evening routine at the minute. But nonetheless, when I do sit down and have that meal, it's like something gets triggered. <laughs> and it all comes flooding back. All of the things that I was able to manage very easily during that fast throughout the day just come straight at me like a gut punch from Mike Tyson. Yeah, <laughs> it can be quite difficult to manage when I'm in the kitchen eating. I, I usually eat here. As soon as I am done eating, I have to go to bed because otherwise I'll be I'll be in the I'll be in the cupboards. I'll be sniffing <laughs> things. Right? I'll be I'll, I'll be I'll be uncontrollable. I've got to just get out of this environment and go straight to bed. Otherwise, I'll start picking. Yeah, yeah. There, there is there is the other side of, of fasting, isn't there? Where people will go all day. They'll do like I don't know, like a aggressive eighteen six, and then they'll get to like three or four in the afternoon. Mm. And then just do double the amount of calories that they were supposed to because of just mm. that surge of. For me, it's it's it works well because if I if I was to do one meal a day, or you know like a like I said before like an eighteen six, I get full easily. So it kind of mm. I can't unlike yourself, I can't actually get it get any more in me. I get I get kind of bored of it. Um, mm. Unless it's a weekend and you know you've had a few beers and then you walk in, it's like oh I'll have a handful of this, handful of that, and then mm. all of a sudden you're uh, you're back in a surplus. Yeah, but I think it can go either way. I think in, in the context, of, I think the context of well, in the context of both, whether you're gaining or cutting, and whether whether or not you're pushing the extremes, more servings of protein throughout the day is going to be you're going to be hedging your bets, whether it be muscular retention in the context of fat loss or muscle growth in the context of a surplus. The more stimulation of muscle protein synthesis you can offer your body, the more likely or the more chances you're giving your body in the context of a surplus to build muscle. Mm Because unless you're in that state of muscle protein synthesis, you're not building anything, right? And when you're in a deficit, that muscle protein synthesis is essentially telling your body, hey, this tissue's important. I know you're hungry right now, but stay away. Okay, stay away. We've been told to recover here. We've been told to repair. Stop. Go and use the fat instead. So I know I'm opening myself up to potential wastage here, but that's where the supplementation of essential amino acids comes in, in my mind. I know people bash on essential amino acids all the time. Right? Just, yeah. just eat protein, bro. This is exactly the same thing. It's like fucking context is important, motherfucker. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> I'm not trying to build here. I'm just trying to offset the wastage. I'm going to have that 
subtle trickling of amino acids in your bloodstream versus having your body digest the amino acids on your flesh, right, yeah. is going to offset that to some degree. Yeah. Uh, but again, no, in, in an ideal world, you know, if I was a normal person who could manage his hunger, like, <laughs> like a normal person, I'd like to be eating three to four servings of protein right now per day, but I don't want to be dividing up, you know, my 1400 calories to what three, six, nine, 12, you know, like 350 calories per serving of per, per meal per day. You know, I'm not doing mm. that. No, no. Just nah. let me fast for a bit and then let me come home and pig out. That's yeah. what I'm all about right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morgan, back on to the veganism topic. Uh, mm-hmm. What is one anti-vegan argument that you would like to completely destroy? <sighs> I know you've already destroyed the protein one. Hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. There's loads. <laughs> mm. Anti-vegan argument. Anti. Oh, God, there are. There is. I'm thinking of some of the biggest flashpoints I've had with people. The ones are great. On your Instagram, the, the ones are great. There's some great ones on there. Um. Oh, God, what's the, what's the worst one? What's the worst one? Take your time. Um, oh, okay. Um, uh, th- this is where people start to trawl the depths of the barrel. Uh, wild crop deaths, right? Oh, yeah, but you still kill animals. It's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, you know, vegan. This, this is your warped perspective here. Okay, this is what veganism is. You know, if, if, if your perception of veganism is I never have any detrimental impact on this planet ever again, then I should probably just kill myself, right? I'm not doing that. I occupy this planet. I'm aware that every everyone's occupation of this planet is going to come with some detriment to its health, right? Be it wild stock, be it pollution, because we are, as a species, you know, damaging this planet a lot. I'm not denying that. But to extend that then to, well, you can't be vegan because you're killing wild stock animals. You're killing, um, what's the word? Uh, there's crop deaths, right? Yeah. In the farming of, of soy products and whatnot. Yeah, it's like yeah, but at least we're giving those fucking rodents a fighting chance. Right? There's a combine harvester ripping it up behind them. If they're not running away, then sorry, that's just that's just survival of the fittest at that point, right? <laughs> you, if you if you can't tell that the 150 decibel noise coming from behind you probably spells imminent danger as a rodent that's designed to interpret very loud noises and suspect them to be dangerous and run away. If you're a rodent and you don't have that capacity, yeah, you probably shouldn't be reproducing in the rodent world anyway, right? Mm. We're giving you a chance. And if we did it, and again, if we were saying that, oh, you're not vegan because you're killing, um, uh, what's the term again? I forget. I keep forgetting what the term is. Whilst not wild stock, uh, crop deaths. You're killing yeah. animals with crop deaths. Um, so, well, yeah, what, the, what else am I going to eat, dude? You know? Mm. what else am I going to eat what do you want me to do (laughs) yeah it's a case of it's a case of accepting unfortunately that our existence on this planet is going to have very very detrimental impacts to its health long term it's just mitigating that to the best of our ability one of the best things you can do is stop participating in a practice that is the most polluting of all practices and the most genocidal of all practices as well it's yeah. the, the, the amount of animals we kill per year, if you include um, um, aquatic life, is in the trillions a year. Trillions yeah. of animals per year. It's like that number's unfathomably large. Mm. Uh, like, trillions. We're not talking yeah. billions here. A billion is a thousand million. That's big enough, right? Yeah. A trillion animals a year we kill. And you're arguing against me because I'm prepared to say, hey, rodent, you might be a little bit retarded if you get tuned up by this combine harvester. Right, yeah. I think you're the one with the issue there, my friend. Okay, if you're yeah. quite prepared to sacrifice the lives of trillions of animals per year to be a fat gluttonous bastard that prioritizes their taste pleasure above the life of another being, you go ahead, right? But don't come yeah. at me for wanting to step away from that and accepting that, unfortunately, my existence on this planet will come with some detriment to itself and doing my best to mitigate that to the best of my ability. Swivel on it, carnivores. Yeah. I'm allowed to torture cats because you trod on an ant. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, 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 the, 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 the level of cruelty and the level of horror would never end if you compared it to the smallest one. You know what I mean? So mm. it, it, oh God, it's, I oh know, it's, um, I think, was it 
Carnism debunked did a good video on YouTube about it, and he said, you know, mm. are we going to stop building houses because people die in in construction? Uh, are we going to stop driving cars because the odd cat or the the, the odd odd badger, you know, gets mowed down? Mm. Uh, the argument it, it's it should be the government's. It should the government should be doing something. It's like what? Yeah, <laughs> the, the the very the very construct that subsidizes the death of these trillions of animals each year and profits off it. They're the ones that need to do something. They're not doing shit. Mm. They're not doing shit. Uprisings like this, like veganism, need to come from you. And I hate that people say this needs to be a government incentivized thing. It's like, no, any any overhaul of any detrimental practice ever seen in humanity has come from the uprising of a small number of people that slowly spreads. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And again, people hate to make the people hate it when we make the comparison to slavery, right? Mm-hmm. But it happened because people started to recognize, yo, this is fucked up. This is fucked up. It's hugely profitable um, business model. Christ, slavery is a business model. Fucking hell, hugely <laughs> profitable. Okay, mm-hmm. just part of life. Nobody, well, the majority of the population, as we know, didn't care. Mm-hmm. Didn't care. Profited off it. Thought it was normal. And that's that's something I think that needs to be accepted as well. It's it's okay to say that that was normal then. Mm. I think it's okay to it's okay to say that it was okay because it was okay. We didn't know any better. We mm. didn't have that. We didn't have that ethical kind of framework or that understanding at that point. We literally mm. saw these people as the animals that were killing now. Mm. It, was, it was no different, right? The only difference was they were humans. Yeah. We didn't harvest them for their flesh, right? Yeah. That was overthrown because people stood up and said, "No, motherfucker, we're not doing this shit anymore." And it spread and it spread and it spread until it was. It was so loud you couldn't avoid it. Mm-hmm. And I very yeah. much think that that's coming with veganism. I very much suspect that, I don't know, maybe 50, 100 years' time, we'll look back on 2023 and think, what the fuck are we doing? Oh, what yeah, yeah, 100%. We're mate, yeah. killing the planet at a rate that is that we've never seen before, killing animals, taking life away at a rate we've never seen before, the most unhealthiest the population's ever been. Hmm. We'll get to a point where I think, and I hope, it will be viewed in a similar kind of what the yeah, fuck I think is it will. It's, it's, apparently, there's a big uprising of black vegan men that have obviously watched some kind of footage and compared it to the same as you know the slave industry, and they've 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 sort of connected the dots and gone, hang on a bit, that's pretty much the same. I'm not saying that slavery was only black based but you know there, there was there's a, the whole thing around um black slavery and whatever and also um mm-hmm. when people compared it to the holocaust and but they was like you can't compare it to the holocaust and then really a, hol- a holocaust survivor came on uh i think it was carnism debunked he's probably been on quite a few and he came on and said literally that is why he's vegan because it reminded him of the <laughs> so you've literally got a holocaust survivor who, who came on and compared it and that just put to bed all the the comments about comparing the two. Um, yeah, damn, I, dude, I, that's I, pretty. You're right, man. I, I don't know how long it will be, but I do think we'll look back and mm. it'll be. I think a, it'll be a little while yet, but yeah. Hey, as long as we keep doing what we're doing, dude, it's unavoidable. Oh, it's unavoidable. Mate, yeah. it's gotta the be, message mate. is spreading be. faster and harder than it ever has done before. The shelves are more densely populated with plant-based foods than they've ever been before. Mm-hmm. Mate, funny enough, what, Welsh people, in my mind, are. I mean, it's surrounded by fields. It's one big field, isn't it? There's sheep. There's 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 there's, there's uh, cows. I'm surprised at how many Welsh people came into the shop when I had the shop, mm. and people would ring and I'd be like, "A Welshman looking for chickpeas? Like, what's all that about, man? And what's it like with your, your mates and your family and people that you know and in Wales in general? Is it? Yeah. Is it? Can you see a growth? Are people changing their minds? I oh mean, yeah, massive. You, you must know. Bad. You must know a lot of farmers, don't you? Yeah, huge farmer population. I, I, I'm not sure how comparable it is to England or Scotland or any other mm. country um, based on the greenery we have here. But they speaking just, you know, from, from well, Barry, look, Barry, right? Barry, very, very well. It's, it's a large town, but it's, it's small, you know, by comparison to other towns. And it's in, it's in Wales. Right, um, we've got a vegan deli. 
like like a dedicated vegan deli in the high street that's been there for three years, right? Mm-hmm. Carrie's Deli. Shout out to Carrie if she's listening. Um, and Carrie knows what I think. I thought that within the first six months of her starting her business, it would have gone under because mm-hmm. it was in a very... Unfortunately, she couldn't get it in a spot that would have been better. Um, but she has people coming to the store from all over the UK, all over the UK to come and visit Carrie's Deli, right? It's just mm-hmm. it's just vegan food. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a vegan well a vegan only say the food's vegan only it's not exclusive for vegans vegan only restaurant in cardiff analoka shout out to analoka if they're listening fabulous fabulous restaurant um i don't see i don't see a difference really from here to england to any other parts of of well i guess western society um mm-hmm. no i think i am i'm i i feel quite though i do i feel isolated no no, social media has done wonders for that. I think I feel mm-hmm. the most communal I've ever felt with my dietary and ethical practices. But in person, it's a little more isolated. Like no one else in the family is. Um, mm-hmm. My dad expresses an interest and I always call him out on it because he always fucks up. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah, I know that one. No, yeah, I, d- I don't have many friends, right? Most of my friends are social media people, to be honest, you know. Um, but the friends that I do have, none of them are, are they... Yeah, I've got a few vegan friends, but they're dotted around the country, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say it's still it's still small. It's still a small population of people. I think it's going to be the same regardless of where you go, but I don't yeah. think Wales is any different. Not that I've seen anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what kind of response do you get when you meet someone in the gym and you mentioned mentioned <laughs> your plant-based diet? Are they, are they shocked? Because for me, it's kind of died off now where no one no one really goes, oh, you know, have you got have you got a bit of mass? You know what I mean. Like, I think mm. I think it's like genuinely accepted now that that it's not at all impossible to yeah to have a good physique. And I don't typically bring it up unless yeah. the conversation leads that way. Unless I like, you always talk about it. Vegans always talk about <laughs> it. It's a load of rubbish, Ooh. man. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's typically accompanied by oh, really? You know. Like and I think this is something that you and I take for granted is once you adopt a plant based diet, you you recognise how easy it is, and it it doesn't become a big thing anymore. You know, like mm-hmm. like we discussed in this in this podcast, it's a case of protein, calories, and training hard enough, mm-hmm. right? This and again, this this it's it's we take it for granted because the people that act shocked are genuinely shocked. You know, it's genuine. Like I didn't think you could get your protein in, right? So the, it's the information. If you're outside of these tight knit vegan plant based communities, it isn't there like en masse as it should be, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why it's our duty to spread it. So there is mm-hmm. often, yeah, a, a, an accompanying. Oh, really? And yeah, it is, and, and it's you know, it's a case of yeah, you know, it's just it's just protein, calories, and training, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I could rip the head off and be a you know a vegan gains about it, but <laughs> <laughs> I like I like I like to I like to not offend people if I have the option to. Yeah. It does. It does nothing for the movement, does it, man? To be, to be. Uh, sorry, Alexa, shut up. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what that was all about. Um, yeah, it, I, I, it does nothing I, for the movement, man. Like, it, like I said, I'm sure, I'm sure that no one heard vegan gains on that video and then thought, oh, I'm going to go and buy some. I did. I, 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 I have to. <laughs> um, I would have take. I really, really, you know, despite vegan gains crossing the threshold. In, as he has done in the past he's gotten a bit better right since his popularity's mm. died down a bit but i'm thankful for that because it did open my eyes and they, there are going to be some people who are receptive to that intensity of exposure mm. right like i was um mm-hmm. you know whilst i was kind of familiarizing myself with vegan gains content i started watching the documentaries the most awful one being dominion mm-hmm. right i would have been led to that if it weren't for vegan gains and despite the activism you know Despite it becoming quite extreme, right, and despite the people coating themselves in blood and cellophane and throwing themselves outside of McDonald's, if that needs to happen, you know, just just to get the vegan word out there, despite mm. it being accompanied by something perhaps that will be interpreted by most as something inherently negative, look at what it did for me, right? Mm. And, I, and I'm not alone here. 
I know that some people, and you, and you see it happen. Joey Carbstrong, for example, he's done some great interviews with people where he challenges them. And it's like, in the moment, there is that recognition because he is aggressive. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, I, I agree with the aggressive approach. But um, I, I was actually, you know, like that, that actual video where he was saying, oh, you got cancer because of me, you know. And acting, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen too much of his stuff. I, he, could, mm. he could be okay, but from what I've heard, yeah. you know, he's a little bit oh, too yeah, that much. Was, that, was just, that was just nasty, man. Yeah. That was just nasty. But, but right in terms there. of... In terms of the aggressive approach, I do agree that it does need to be done. Um, yeah, I, and talking of people online, who 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 would you say your favourite spokesperson is? Have you got someone who influenced you more than mm. others, or favourite spokesperson for veganism? Um, Ed Winters handles himself very well. Yeah, very well composed. Joey Carbstrong, very well composed. They have a different approach. Mm-hmm. Okay, Joey's a little more straight into the jugular. Ed's a little more, as he looks, Jesus-like, I'd say, <laughs> right? <laughs> a little more holy about it. Um, but both have a very, very powerful voice, um, one that's difficult to escape. I think they're, yeah, they're two of my, yeah, they're up there. They're my two favourite mm-hmm. vegan activists. I think, is there anyone else? I'd have to say no, the same, mate, right? yeah. I'd say that those two would be the two that I'd, you know, I've spent, the most time mm. watching you know um and definitely like you said before you know when you said you you listen to a video and you listen to the debate and you thought to yourself i can't argue like the the that is what i thought when i listened to them and yeah. i was like you know I, I can't i've got no i've got no comeback it's, it's no got to, this now. to be done man it's, it's it's inevitable you know what i mean morgan you obviously your i just want to say that your video is a top notch man like you've got a different approach you're Thank promoting, you, yeah, you're promoting uh, something that's, you know, it's a niche. Like I said earlier, people don't know that you can do this. Some people mm-hmm. are a little bit on the fence about whether to try it. People like yourself are coming in and saying, look, look at me. This is what I can do for you. And you've also put a very, ex- you put, you've put an extra twist on it as well. You, you, you're funny, you know, you're doing it in a funny way. Um, Thank you. And that to me is... Um, it's the bollocks, mate. You know what I mean? It's 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 good to watch, and like I said, with your videographer as well, quality mm-hmm. doing a really good job. Do you do you see yourself? Where do you see that going? Do you see yourself branching off, doing anything extra? Uh, obviously not. Like you're not doing enough because it absolutely is. Um, do you see yourself doing anything more, or in terms of activism? Oh, it's a good question, dude. It's a good question. Is that the, the well, vegan muscle coach is in the best place it's ever been? I want to recognize that. And that's through the help of Harry as well. Um, what led me to collaborate with Harry again was, like you're alluding to, I think, is the majority of vegan fitness content is so boring. It's just the same shit over and over again. It's just like, this is me looking shredded. And the caption is, here's how I get 150 grams of protein eating 2,000 calories a day. It's like, Jesus, dude. Mm. Fucking try something different. Mm. I was bored. I was bored of watching it. And I'm thinking, Christ alive, if if we've got some non-believers watching this as well, they're not going to be entertained in the slightest, right, to the point in which they're going to invest any time into the video to maybe start to educate themselves on the topic. So that's where the kind of humorous vegan muscle coach tongue-in-cheek approach came from, is if I can capture, if I can capture attention by being a little bit kind of uh, – by poking the bear a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm then I think it's going to bring about heightened awareness in a different kind of context, right? Mm. Activism in a different context. Where would I like it to go? God, dude, you're asking now. You're asking now. I don't want to say, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. Well, mate, <laughs> I want it to get, I want it. I just want to keep growing, dude. I want to keep growing. Yeah. Like bodybuilding, right? The goal is mm. to keep growing, keep getting better, keep outdoing yourself. Same mm-hmm. thing with running a really and i'm sure you know the exact same feeling is christ it does feel like you're just beating your head against a brick wall sometimes as mm-hmm. it does with fat loss as it does with muscle growth is it working i don't know just mm-hmm. keep going keep going keep learning keep applying i'd love to one day yeah take vegan muscle coach to the heights of my ability where that I lies i don't know um, mate, it's 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 already in the the premier league of of content for me you know what i mean oh. and I know that people would agree because, like you say, I mean, my stuff's food related. You know, I, I'm not on camera. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And then I look at other people's, mm. and I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. But it's, 
but you know yours yours is a big twist man it's unique and i'm sure that it'll grow and keep growing and, and it's, it's drawing attention in the right way you know what i mean you're not going into supermarkets and spilling milk and and whatever um i do i do i do enjoy these videos but uh but now yeah i'm sure that you'll you'll push on mate and it's, thank you sir yeah it's um it's, it's good to watch man um, hopefully with some added exposure from this marvelous podcast we can get yeah, this together um I hope to start these reels as well uh, and get it kind of visual. I have been busy. Mm. This year has been absolutely horrific for stress and mm. business-related work. But, um, but yeah, man, we need, to, we need to get it on YouTube, mate, and um, hopefully we can get Harry, is it? Yeah, Harry Mr. Facey. Sort of say it, Mr. Facey, and uh, we'll get him, on, get him on YouTube. But, mm. um, yeah, I think that's all. Morgan, thank you. I, I don't know if you want to yeah, add anything. Well, uh, this very well because I'm desperate to urinate right now. I, I've I've just done a litre and a half of the old Aquavale still spring water, so I'm in the same position, mate. So we'll. Uh, How about to get off to the loo? It's been yeah, it's been great to speak to someone with a lot in common, and hopefully it, it helps a few people to build some gains and not be scared of any deficiency myths that they hear of. No, and but yeah, top man, top work. Instagram's amazing. It is what? Sorry, the vegan muscle... underscore muscle underscore coach. Vegan underscore muscle underscore coach. That's your boy um, for all coaching needs. Mm. But yeah, good no, to talk to you, Morgan. Thank you, mate. Okay, cheers, dude. Um, I'm about to wet this chair. So <laughs> thanks, mate. All the best. Take it easy, buddy. Thanks for Bye, having mate. me. On.